Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Tom Miller here. And just let me know if there's any issues with the hearing. As I said, I'm, I'm uh, using new devices. I'm Bluetooth up to my uh, uh, laptop here. And I've got a great view that some of you saw like a picture of. So beautiful uh, Lake Gaston here on the North Carolina-Virginia border. Um, never really stayed at a lake uh, house uh, before until a couple of years ago. And I'll tell you what, uh, being at the lake is just an amazing, amazing experience, right? When you really get a chance to, to spend some time with, you know, with the people you love, maybe sit back and relax a little, right? Which is everything this book is really kind of getting us to really remember, right? What's the, what's the foundation, the foundation and the structure of everything that is great in your life is values, Right, it's values, and 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 we're going to talk a lot about that tonight and over the next you know couple of weeks, and as we move towards building our own roundtables. Um, so, would love to just you know start. Um, we're just hearing anybody's reflections on the last you know couple of weeks. Anything new happening you know to you or new awarenesses um, in terms of your leadership or your uh, uh, organization or your you know like community in terms of like all those. Uh, those first four, you know, chapters, or even, you know, uh, these two chapters, you know, this week, around one, inviting people in, you know, inviting people to have conversations around values, or, you know, two, starting to set um, an action step towards something that you want to do bigger. Um, so we'd love to just kind of open the floor. Anybody want to share a, a story or a thought or an aha moment? So I know um, with me, um, I, we just had like my curriculum team just started today. So it's the first time that all of us were together. And um, I remember from previous things that we talked about in um, our leadership groups on making sure that we're doing connections with them. And so I was able to have like one-on-one -on -one time with the newest person and um i made sure to connect with them um i forget the acronym that we always use but um making sure to have that relationship um understanding that they are like a person as well as a member of my team that way i can get the most out of them and um also you know i had some overall goals of things that we wanted that i would like for us to work on um because i told them i'm very much like task list oriented so like there's a lot of things that we have to get done and I shared that with them but I also kind of told them like we have a couple of weeks so this isn't stuff that we're you know trying to tackle right now um and then was able to kind of they told me some tasks that they wanted to work on so they're kind of like taking the autonomy of some of the stuff and then we'll link up um tomorrow and Wednesday to see how those tasks are going so they're kind of already like you know invested in because it's not like they came in even though they're under me it's not like they're coming in and i'm like this is what you do um they're able to do a couple of the tasks on their own and we're able to kind of just collaborate more um focus a lot more on collaboration especially now that i have a team because i'm used to doing a lot by myself and so i feel it's like a weight it's just kind of like whoo okay cool <laughs> Yeah, well, that's great, Courtney. And that's a really good, you know, first step, right? And in, in, in starting to build that foundation on that connects with people. And he made me think about in John Maxwell's "Everyone Communicates, Few Connect." He had he actually talks about the time frame from where um, uh, communication outweighs 
character, right? And let's just let's just say character in a sense is values, right? It's how we're it's how we're living our life. And it's really interesting to uh, think about, you know, as you everybody's bringing on new staff members, and everybody's you know building foundations with their new team or their teammates. And he said it's about a six month time frame. He said you have about six months where character begins to outweigh communication and charisma. And so it was really interesting for me to think about that, right? About, about, oh yeah, like you can see it. Like I've watched leaders who do a really great job on the front end talking a big game, right? Or, you know, really uh, communicating or, you know, getting you to buy in, but it's when their walk doesn't match their talk is all of a sudden where you start to see that fracture, right? So, you know, I was like, wow, this is kind of goes back, back to that lesson, make big things out of little things, right? And as soon as somebody shows a crack in the armor, right, you got to mm-hmm. call it, right? Shovel the pile when it's small, right? You got to immediately, you know, hop in there. And that's also for yourself too, right? It's just making sure that you're holding yourself to the highest character standards. And I'm going to share a lot of, you know, pieces. These two chapters really kind of really made me open up and if anybody's been on my you know training about um you know what i learned as a you know leader uh you know you know when i thought leadership was a badge and you know you know here i was trying to build my own ladder but you know i basically realized that my ladder was on the wrong wall because i wasn't a character wall i was just on a on a um on a metal wall right or a certificate wall is all i was i was uh, trying to build so really good you know you know start to get to know the person i love it good anybody else want to share just over the last you know, a couple of weeks, any highlights from, from this book or, you know, something that's happening in, with your team or your organization? Well, I, I'll share. Um, I work at a charter school, just a little background, and it's a charter school in the urban, urban setting. And coming back from, um, coming back from virtual learning, there's a lot of things that we have to sit down and look at from, from what I've seen, from what I've read. And the issue that I have with my team is that they find, I find that they feel like it's going to be seamless going back into um, virtual learning and going back into um, classrooms. And I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like, what we did before is not going to work um, for this new school year. We have to somewhat go back to basics. And this is just from what I've read, from what I've seen. And leadership is hard because when you walk the walk and you talk the talk but the person above you doesn't do the same thing it's like that that crack that you were talking about the other people see and they're like well we don't have to listen to you because yeah you do all these things but they don't so but they're above you and so that's that's the biggest issue that i have to face right now and how do i combat that and how do i keep on doing what i do with integrity and not let what other people high above me do to let me falter because I do believe in what um, I've seen and I've read. The data does not display that this is this is the wrong way to go. And I, I guess for me, servant leadership is very important because those were really good leaders that I saw. And also, I, I was in the military for eight years and out of those eight years for three, I was a lieutenant. And one of the things that I remember in basic training that I carry on to this day is that you will have more people buy into what you're saying because you've walked in their shoes and they know that you've walked in their shoes. And when you let them know, like, like I let my teachers know, I was a teacher. I was a teacher and then I went into administration, but that wasn't the seamless thing. I, I had to go through all the stuff. I had to buy into things that I didn't really believe in. And then I had to see it work for myself. And then there's things that I had to buy in that I didn't believe in. And th- it didn't work, you know? And at the same time, I went with it because that was asked of me. And I questioned it a long way, but I questioned it tactfully to, okay, this is not going to work for our kids because this works for suburban kids, but not urban kids. Why are you implemented here? You know, so that was, that's the biggest thing right now that I has as a leader, seeing the organization that I'm working with 
and them not looking at the fact that we have to revamp everything. We have to strip it down to its core and look at what didn't work and what did work. And we're not really addressing that. We're just moving full steam ahead and like get these kids in, get, get, and I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I feel like our students now are just a paycheck or, or just data to get that paycheck. And it's really hard for me right now. And I, I kind of, it's kind of hard to keep my mouth shut because I want to implode and all that. Well, thank you, Ms. Williams. And, and I love it. Where's your charter school at? Where is it? In Chicago, Chicago. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, great. Well, Courtney's in Charlotte and, and her school also serves. It sounds like a very similar population. So, um, and, and so, I mean, as you were talking, I was really thinking about, you know, what John and Rob are talking about here when they bring up, you know, Simon Sinek with the just cause, right? It's mm -hmm. like you, you bought into where we were trying to get to. You may not have totally agreed with all the aspects. You asked some questions, you did it tactfully, and you followed through, right, to get to the end goal. And I think that's where a lot of the schools that I work with don't have clarity in where are we going. They're just words on paper, you know? And, and so this chapter five, so powerful with the examples, especially when it came to the, to the values of Enron, you know? Like if you mm -hmm. read these values, oh, what a great organization. Who's this? Oh, Enron, you know, stole billions and billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and again, it goes back to, does your walk, walk, match your talk, talk, right? And that's why, you know, people don't quit organizations. People quit other people. They quit other people where they feel as though they're not, you know, tied, and, and so really, really, you know, you know, powerful stories, and it's good. You're just, everybody's having their awareness raised, and the, the number one reason I chose this book wasn't just because, you know, John was releasing it. It, it was honestly, I started to think about how are teachers, or I'm sorry, how are principals and school leaders going to be able to bring their staff and their students back in, in a more relational and powerful way than these roundtables to have conversations. What you know, what we'll be learning over the next, you know, you know, what three weeks, like to to put you know people in a small group and to talk about these things that are important to us, these values, these attributes, these um, um, you know aspects of our life that are critical. Um, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Hey, can I jump in yeah. with that? Go, yep. Yep. I just want to say, um, yeah, Miss Williams, we are in the same boat. I sent a message. <laughs> if you want my email, email me. I love talking to, well, I don't, I'm terrible <laughs> at talking to people, but uh, Tom is making me a lot better. Um, but to go back with what he was saying about the conversation part, I don't know. Um, it's so crazy. I went to school in Indianapolis, but um, I don't know what you guys like required, but for our summer school, the state told us that we had to do a social emotional learning thing. Mm -hmm. And so that had to be part of our program. And so going with what Tom said, where you're like having those conversations, mm -hmm. um, allowing our kids to literally, that was their time period to like journal and vent. Like we gave them like little concepts and then they just, they were so excited for that class because they were just like, oh man, we're, you know, what are we going to talk about today? How is this going to affect me? And then mm -hmm. you just like really get to peer like into them. And I think that that's one of, that's one of the best things I'll say that North Carolina has implemented was requiring an SEL class, even though it was just mm -hmm. for summer school. But right. our kids got a lot out of journaling. Our teachers got a lot out of it. And it allowed for like connection pieces to be made between students who wouldn't normally associate with each other. Um, and, 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 and when I saw your message, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Somebody that I can springboard stuff off of. And now that you're talking about um, SEL, I was, I've always been a big proponent for SEL because you cannot, you cannot teach a student anything about math if they're not in tune in class and because of generational trauma for a lot of our kids this is so important and that is just that that right now is the hardest thing to implement with teachers because all they want to do is i got i'm here and i need to get here by the end of the school year because that's what they're telling me to do and because we're a charter school we have a little bit of leeway with that 
but getting them off that, that traditional track is so hard. And I talk to them all the time. I even brought in books like SEL and lesson plans, and I'm reading through that right now. And we got this in, in finding equity in education. And it's just so hard because then you have administration that they buy into it a little bit, but they don't see the, they don't see the importance of it. But the reality is a lot of our students, especially in the urban city, and I don't know if you know anything about um, Chicago other than what you've heard in the news, but this past weekend, we've had a hundred and something shootings on the South side where my school is at. Mm. And just last week, Friday, I couldn't even go into the building because there were two shootings. One was a police officer and the other one was just a random um, kid. And the gangs and what those gangs are significant to the students and how they feel so a part of that. And why is it taking stronghold? And these are things that we need to address. And we do, but we don't. Like, I have a principal who was a gang member. He's like the old heads and just, I don't want to go off on a tangent. He's like the old heads. They don't have respect for the old heads. I'm like, yeah, because this is a new generation. There's no leadership. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. don't know what leadership is. They lead themselves, and that's kind of how they do at home. And then I read somewhere that a lot of our, our students, just by urban definition, are surviving. They live in a household that survival is the only thing they know. So they survive, yeah. survive, survive, survive. And these are, these are parents who are just like, I work every day. And as soon as I work, all my money is gone and there's no savings and they don't know how to save. And that's where we start inside. Um, I'm sorry. My um, internet is a little unstable. If you can't hear me, I'm sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Okay. And so it gets to the point where we have to sit down and math is going to wait. And let's really talk about why do you want, why, why is it that you, you feel like moving is such a haphazard thing and getting to know your students. And then you can really start teaching about economics. And then you realize these kids don't need algebra. They need to learn how to balance a checkbook they, or, or balance money or how to invest or how to sustain themselves where they're not just surviving. Yeah. It it just goes back to, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this, you know, issue where you've got heads of schools that have, you know, district pressure or you know, pressure from the state or turnaround pressures, and it leaks down, it leaks down into staff. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't take the time to build this uh, foundation, right? And this was, you know, kind of the story I wrote down that I was uh, thinking of, I think his name is T.D. Jakes, and he's a, he's a uh, pastor and a uh, a great motivational speaker, and he uh, spoke last year at the Maxwell uh, conference, and he was telling the story about how, like, he, he's like, I, I hate my trainer. My trainer makes me do, you know, weights. He goes, I just want to get on a bench, right? I just want to bench. I just want to push weight up because I'm, you know, really strong. Well, he wants me, you know, to get on this exercise ball and take these dumbbells, and he's like, no, 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 I want to get on the bench, and 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 he says, nope, you got to get on the. He goes, and I get on this, you know you know, ball, if you've ever sat on the exercise ball, right, and you're, you're all, like, unstable, and you got to try to do this weights above, because I can't do any weight. He says, you know, I seem really weak, and what he realized is that being on the exercise ball strengthens your core, and when I'm sitting on a flat bench, I can push all sorts of weights, but when my core and my foundation isn't strong enough to be able to hold the weight, it's like I'm just teetering, right? I'm shaking, and Many, many organizations are having that same problem. They're built on a structure of weak values or no values, and they're just, you know, holding themselves up barely because they're just trying to keep building the building without strengthening the core. And I mean, what a, what a critical lesson to really, truly understand. And so hopefully all of you have taken your... Um, your uh, uh, change your world assessment. And so when I took mine, and if it's not, it's, you know, completely free on that, you know, change your world, you know, .com. If you go to that you know, website up in the top right hand corner, there's a button that says take assessment. Maybe it takes like 10 or 15 minutes. Well, when I did mine, it came back that my weakest area was hope. That really kind of, it hurt me a little bit. I was like, boy, I, I feel like I have hope for a lot of people. You know, I want hope and I try to like instill hope. So I had a chance to ask, uh, John, and um, he was, you know, he will do a, a Q&A sometimes, and so I was waiting in the queue, and and uh, and I got a chance to ask him the question, and at the same time, 
Matthew was just here, my son, I you saw his hand, you know, he loves, he loves, I feel like he knows when I'm on, I think he gets an indicator because he knows when he, you know, he tries to come by and, well, he, I said, hey, do you want to, you know, you want to say hi to John Maxwell? He said, yeah, sure. So he uh, comes over and he's, you know, waving and John's got a big smile and, and I asked him, you know, I said, hey, what do I do? I feel really bad about hope. He said, well, first of all, just remember, this is just an awareness exercise. Just like this mastermind, this book, reading it, these are awareness exercises for us to to know where to start. And so, you know, he said, so don't don't you know don't feel like it labels you. He said the fact that you bring your son in, into these conversations and you're having these conversations about values and structure. He's like you can only change your world one person at a time, and it starts with you. You know, so when I mean I'm hearing these you know, stories from you, Miss Williams. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like. I, you know, I, I, I spent a day in Trenton at a school and it might be as close as I've ever experienced to anything that could even come close to what, you know, your, you know, students, that's their daily living. Right. And, and I was in charge of a, um, of an urban charter school here in, uh, you know, Durham for like a few months. And, and like to to be around poverty at that level, to be around the the need at that, I just I can't even imagine what it's like, right? But what I can do is I can at least try to be the best me, so I can I can help, right? It just what what can I do to help? And I think in this you know chapter five, he talks a lot about that. There's all these you know uh, stories where just that you know glimmer of hope, you know that it can be better that that with that with by surrounding yourself with better people, like there is a chance out, right? There is that, you know, step when I was in South Africa, like that was kind of what I felt was those, you know, kids who walked like 10 kilometers to get to a building that was a wreck to get a meal and, and a shot. That's all they wanted was a shot, someone to believe in them. And I feel like this, these, these conversations around not worrying about, you know, day one academics, but it is critical day one should be starting with relations and conversations and, and like, you know, like really how are you and, and, you know, looking somebody in the eye and just really taking the time. But teachers don't feel like most teachers don't feel like they have the permission to do that because you know what the pre in service is going to look like, right? It's five days, eight hours a day of jam packed bloodborne pathogens, this, go see your insurance person, do this, here's the new training, here's the new program, and boom, oh, don't, don't forget to call your parents, make sure they're there on first day, you know, like, it's like, wow, how do we, how do we build the relation into the speed of what we're trying to catch up with? And it's one starfish at a time, right, with that story. You're on mute. Go for it. Oh, I'm sorry. I love that story. I actually made a poster to go inside my office by the window and say one starfish at a time. And it's like, when I become overwhelmed, this last couple of weeks have been really overwhelming because it's not going the way I wanted to go. I just look at that starfish. I'm like, I got this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to make it through. I got this. So yeah, I really, really love that story. Yeah. Yep. So just cause is about the future, right? So I'm just, you know, kind of diving in through the books, you know, some things are highlighted. I love that, you know, I love Simon's book, you know, Start With Why. That's that's a, a book that, you know, launched my company. But, you know, his other book here, um, you know, This Infinite Game, it's education is not a, um, it's not a lesson plan. It's not a unit. It's not an end of grade test. It's not a year in school. It's not even a high school degree, right? It's a lifetime of, of learning and strengthening your core and awareness. I mean, I'm 45 and oh my gosh, like the only thing I know is I know nothing, right? I know enough that I don't know anything. And the more that I learn, the more that I wanna learn, you know, learn more and, and know and, 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 and really be able you know, to add value so having some, you know, clarity with your team, right, is about this, you know, just cause, about where are we going 
at by the end of this year, right? So just maybe having that conversation, you know, you know, you know, Courtney, Miss Williams, and Miss uh, um, Baker's here, and there's a couple other folks. Like, what do we want the last day of school to look like? What has to be true tomorrow that's not true today for us to start getting there? Because the only indicator that tomorrow can be better than today is that we did some sort of intentional work, you know, to get there, right? Um, but you have to be living by the right value system. And when I think about my professional career from 1998 through 2006, those were the, the eight years that I was in um, heavy, you know, gambling and, and bad character behavior. But yet I was achieving on the outside, right? College degrees and certifications and CEUs and trainings, but I wasn't climbing anywhere. I was just in a hole. And, and I didn't, you know, now I can look back and say, oh my gosh, I wasn't climbing a ladder of good values. I was living by a wrong value system. Like this, this whole piece um, totally uh, describes me here on page um, you know, 111. And so there's this list of values here. So here's the start. So if you don't have a list of values, they're right here in the book. You can, you know, you can take these and you could start with a couple members of your team and, and um, you know, start to have these conversations. And, and next week, you know, I'm going to invite you all to start, you know, participating in a, in a, in a step two. And that's just a values-based, you know, roundtable conversation with us, you know. Um, but it always comes down to, to choice, right? So even in there are many success stories out of uh, Chicago, right, uh, Ms. Williams? There are human beings that have gotten out of it every time it came down to a choice that they made. They just got to be aware that they can make that choice. That's probably the hardest part, right? I mean, when you think about it, like when I was heavy in my addiction, I didn't imagine myself a day without gambling. I didn't know I had that choice. And then I realized, oh, really? I can make that choice, you know, and I was a, grew up in a suburban, great, you know, it was a split, you know, family, but it was a great home. I had no issues as a child, you know, I, I mean, I was my only issue as a child. It's a choice, but how do we help people understand that they have a choice? It's about having these small conversations. I mean, there's so many stories in these uh, couple of chapters. So, you know, think about your school or your community or your church, like where are the little you know, pockets of opportunity where I could start to really help someone understand that their behavior is their choice. Their conditions and circumstances do not dictate their future. They're just their current reality. But it doesn't have to be facts for the future. Every day they can make a choice to start to get that just cause, right? That next step. So would love to hear anybody's, you know, thoughts on that, you know, just cause piece or those, those initial values conversations um, in that, you know, anything from the workbook uh, or, or your text. I mean, I'm, you know, taking the time and I'm hiring some of your teachers now at a, you know, charter school I'm in charge of and we're hiring the head of school. And I, I'm not much, I'm not as worried about their skill set as I am their character. Like, I know that they need to show me that they've done it before. I know that they need to show me that they have competence, right? But I really keep going back to this sense about their value and, and asking, asking their supervisory references about like, how did they handle difficult you know, uh, situations? You know, do they blame other people or do they take ownership or are they willing to clean up other people's messes? Like, I think these are important attributes that we need to really highly consider rather than asking questions about what have you taught? What's your favorite lesson? Things like that, right? Like I do ask them, like, tell me about a time you had to teach a kid how to read. I want to know the steps. You know, what are you know uh, some of the things you did? 
because like, I want to know that they actually took the time to actually teach someone how to read, no matter what, whether they're high school or not. I think that's a really important skill. And, you know, would they take the time? Because to me, that demonstrates values. You know, if you're willing to take the time to teach an adult how to read or a, a you know, young adult how to read and not say you should have learned that in fourth grade, like, like to me, that's a values-based uh, conversation. So as I'm helping this board make a decision, I find myself moving less and less away from their specific skills and more towards what type of person are they? You know, when it comes down to it, are they going to be able to be the person that this organization can count on down the road? Does anybody have a values-based part of their hiring process right now in place? I don't think that we have one specifically, but like you're saying, I know like if I'm a part of like questioning or on the interview part or anything like that, I do find myself asking more of those questions. Um, you know, especially if we have, if I get a teacher that has like, an admin add-on but they're applying for like all teaching positions you know i try to figure out you know why are you you know looking at teaching what is your game plan you know where where do you see yourself in three to five years um you know and i find myself asking more of those questions because i don't know if it i know i think we talked about it with the previous book um when you're dealing with that if you've had such a negative culture you don't want to disrupt somebody who you know they've never experienced it or anything like that you don't i don't want to feel responsible for corrupting i guess is the way to put it and so i find myself asking questions like that um especially when we were looking at you know the team members that i was going to be having you know i was asking well i wasn't part of theirs um, so I found myself asking him now, like, I just ask little questions like, you know, tell me about your, your leadership style. Like, how are you during, you know, not necessarily during conflict, but, you know, if you have a teacher that you've had to have conversation over and over again about the same exact thing, like what, you know, how are, how do you handle that and that kind of stuff? And I'm very open with them. I, I told my team, I said, I was like, I do a lot on communication because it's not my greatest thing. Um, and so that's something that I ask for your guys' help in. Like if we're in a meeting or we're, we're involved in something, my face, even though I'm listening, will go blank. Like you'll just kind of have to, hey, check it so that, you know, it doesn't get misinterpreted from anybody else. And um, those are the kind of things that I look for. And those are the kind of things that um, my supervisor tells me so she's like yeah you know i know you you know put these things out there but what is what is the vibe what do you feel and i'm one of those people that really lives off of that like if i if i'm not feeling that we're meshing i'm like i don't i don't really know how we're gonna do this because i feel like it's a lot more for me to have to come in and be like okay it's it's you know i'm being naturally as an introvert and being in those social settings it's like automatically draining and I don't need it to be more draining because I'm like man I really have to I have to be this person for this one person when you know but people who are open to it and I think that my team is which is great um we're all going to be a part of I don't know if you've heard of the ILC Tom um but it's this it's an instructional leadership cohort so we're all going to be a part of it together and I think that that's going to be a real big thing. Like we're part of it for a year and we start in just a couple of weeks and it's, you know, virtual and face to face. And it's this big cohort that we go through um, to basically learn about coaching and leadership strategies so that we can all, you know, develop and be better. Yeah. I think anytime you have those experiences, right, around teams, around other people, you just kind of, you know, my, my, you know, a question myself is, is what role do I have in this problem? What question didn't I ask when I should have, right? What did I miss? Um, you know, trust my gut, right? Like in terms of like having an inkling about somebody's poor character, right? Or poor way. And uh, you listen to people, the way they talk about other people. I think you'll find out really fast whether or not they're a high level values person. 
and you could just tell around their like intentionality that you know they want to see you know the good in other people and i think i want to work right when it comes down to this you know you know study guide page it asks a question like what which of your attributes would you be excited about then you know emulating in my three were you know growth oriented optimistic and honest and i really really almost you know i actually want to go back to the word kind like i think i want to be on a team that's filled with caring you know people who have candor right because to be unclear is to be unkind and and to not tell someone where they're not meeting the mark would be unkind and um right so i need to know that a person's willing to do that and even when it's me you know like especially if i'm their supervisor i certainly want to know that i'm not i'm not you know demonstrating those uh values and um on page 117 of the book uh i just can't stop thinking about this quote here when john says an empty bag doesn't stand up straight without values a person is empty and weak a lot of people hope that jobs education technology and financial advantages will create the strength to hold up the bag of our culture and right there to me would be the way that i would describe my professional you know 1996 right to 2006 this this you know individual that was just doing i was a human doing i was not a human being <laughs> and in order in order to 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 be a person of significance you have to be a beer don't just be a doer and it's got it so hard at times when you have a doer mentality or a doer uh, personality but the the true the true you know significance comes when we we move from from i to we right and and you know from me to we and uh gosh i feel like that um gets me a lot right not not being a we person being more of a me person and really starting to um to you know to make sure that i'm living out those you know specific values that i aim to have and maybe that's where my hope was low you know um that that i need to just pay more more attention to 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 we you know before i and and uh, me and making sure that i'm staying true to my core like td jakes was trying to say right strengthen your core every day live your values right don't try to build foundations on weak houses and um because i've you know definitely been burned with that you know before so that's just a big piece as you guys are moving forward with your next step and you're building out your in service days and you're having you know this you know brand new program you're going to be in courtney like all these things that you all are doing you have to always you know think is our foundation secure to be able to do this have we taken the time to create clarity in our why in our vision and our just cause like are we are we taking the time to hear people are we taking the time to have you know people around the table be able to have conversations around what this impact is going to be and to make them feel safe and you know secure and that it's okay that you know that you may not hit it hit every day of the pacing guide because what's more important is that we instill our kids with with great you know values and virtue and teach them life skills that they're going to need uh you know down the road uh you know rather than you know x minus y equals seven which i don't even know how you would even start that problem but that's i'm sure is you know something someone's gonna have to figure out at some point you know this year and on page 119 like this this was absolute gold um who's the author it's from diane kaylin sukra hope i said that correctly um she said uh she observed culture is like a forest the seeds are your core values once they take root as behaviors they can grow into trees populating your cultural uh, forest bad seeds produce unhealthy forests infertile and plagued by infestations good seeds produce a healthy forest and ecosystems that support life one is sustainable the other is simply not right so oh my gosh like this these these seeds that are planted right you've got seeds in your mind you know negative thoughts right you know create negative outcomes positive thoughts create positive outcomes 
negative people create negative outcomes. Positive people create, like, how do you make sure that you're planting the right seeds and nurturing the right seeds, right? And you're not nurturing seeds that can create cancerous issues in your forest, right? Because why? Because well, all their kids passed the test or they've been here for 10 years or they're loyal to the school. I don't care what they are. If they're creating negativity, like they have to be talked to. They have to be talked to with care and candor that, you know, when you say this, it makes people feel like that. And as a result, here's the impact, right? The feelings, behavior, impact. Like having these values-based conversations with them uh, to help them understand that they're, you know, we can no longer have this type of uh, behavior, this negativity. We're, you know, better with you if you can, you know, move yourself, you know, forward, um, right? And and to make sure that our values are not just words on paper, uh, but they're actually actionable, actionable pieces. And right here, it says on at the bottom of page one, 123, here's the reality. For leadership to be good and lasting, it must be preceded by good living. Good living comes from good values. If there's a disconnect between what you say is important and what you do, then teaching values is worthless. Does your walk match your talk? That's it. Can I... Can I ask a question here, though? Here, here's yeah. my here's my biggest thing. You have someone that walks the walk and does the talk, but then the people who see all this, I guess the biggest struggle is the insecurity that they can't meet it, and they're 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 showing that every time. Well, you know what? I can't get there. This this person is a great leader and all this other stuff and does this and does this and I'm like I just can't get there. How how do you combat that? person yeah. that just feels like they just can't they can't come up sure it's a really great question i love this question what did you teach when uh, you were a teacher um social studies um well social sciences so one was global awareness um yeah. global impact on the world and then um the next one was financial literacy to high schoolers and life skills so to speak i love it yeah, I, mean, I think I would go back to that conversation that John said, you know, to me, he's like, you know, Tom, you're just grown from where you are. I'm not asking you to be me. I'm not asking you to be a five in hope. I'm not asking you to be that person. What I'm asking you is, would you follow you? And does your behavior right now, is it going to get you closer to whoever it is that you want to be, right? It's that here to there conversation. And I think a really good visual for it could be, right? This is how someone visualized it for me. If, do you all remember when we were like in primary school and we got the little Dixie cups and we got the, you know, the, the soil and the seed, right? And we had to plant like the tomato plants or whatever we were planting, I don't know what it was. Either way, and, and we would, you know, plant the seed and every day the teacher would have us put some water in it and we'd come to class and we'd run over to like the, you know, by the windowsill, and we'd be like, oh, there's nothing there, nothing there, nothing there. And, you know, like after a week, like the, the newness wears off. Nobody checks their cup anymore because it's like, it's not working. And then one cup shows one little sprout, right? Something came through the dirt, and everybody's like, oh, it's happening, right? And everybody starts to rewater it, right? Here's the thing. Just because you can't see it, doesn't mean the person isn't growing. Doesn't mean it's not working. And I think one of the hardest things for me was when I was growing into the a person who I wanted to be. And I would ask my wife, like, am I doing better? And she would say, I don't know, I really can't see a difference. That would hurt me. But then I realized, like 10 years later, she didn't know how dark I was inside, right? And I wasn't, I still wasn't demonstrating those values, right? It wasn't before you can be better on the outside, you have to be better on the inside. And I think that would be where I would talk to these, you know, folks about is, well, I'm not asking you to be Tom Miller. Who wants to be Tom Miller, right? I want to be the best me. So what do you think you would need to do to be the best you? 
and asking them, right, what would be that step that they would have to take? Right? What would be one thing um, that they would want to, to do better? And I feel like there's a couple questions in this um, in this uh, in this uh, study guide you might be able you know to take. So I'll read back through and I'll you know and I'll look at it, right? Um, or just maybe this question, right, on page 19 of your study guide, do you think your community will improve if you improve yourself? And do you think others want to improve their lives? Like those are the two, you know, uh, questions about the transformation happens one table at a time. And so, you know, so the question is to those individuals, can you imagine a better life for yourself? Hopefully they say yes. What do you think you need to do, right? Who do you think you need to be to be that person. In six months, I'm gonna be fully debt free, right? Except for my mortgage. I'm following the Dave Ramsey steps. I feel like I've been doing it forever. There was one point in my life where I was like, there's no way that I ever would have been debt free until I started to realize, well, what is those things that I would need to do to, to be? And so it's not about the doing. Then I learned it was about the being. And who I needed to be was a person who wanted to feel free, who wanted to be able to be, you know, generous and give. But I always equated that to doing, right? Giving money was doing. Paying off bet, debt was doing. Making a choice of whether or not I wanted to spend that money making a choice of whether I wanted to, to, to help somebody out, that was being someone different. And the only way that you can transform is, is if you start to be someone different. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? It's, yeah. it's the yeah. being part. Yeah. And that's what the difference is. It's not about doing things to be that leader. It's about being the person who could become that leader. I'm watching uh, yeah, Last at James University. Is, is anybody watching this documentary or watched it on Netflix? The basketball yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, the basketball <laughs> one, right? What a, what a perfect example. These kids who aren't kids, they're adults. They haven't learned. He's trying to teach them how to be the better person. Like, be it. But he's like, God, he's like I don't, you know, I can't spend every minute with them. They need, they need to know that there is a better option for them. But they're so full of self-sabotaging and, and aspects like that. They just don't know how to be the person. It's easier for me to not be the person than it is to be the person. I think that's where I was at, at one point. And so and I'm still constantly, who do I need to be to make that happen, right? So right now I'm in charge of multiple schools, running the business and you know uh, doing all these things. Who do I need to be? I need to be someone who trusts the people at those schools. I need to be the person who can empower other people. I need to be the person who can say no to the good so I can say yes to where I should spend my time. Like that's about being someone different rather than me going, oh my God, look at this list of a million things that I have to do to get this school prepared for day one. I can't do all those things. It's not humanly possible. But at one point in my life, that's all I thought. I have to do all this. And now I think, who on the team can help me do it? Who's maybe even out there that I don't even know that I've never met before? Like, I need uh, teachers who teach uh, Spanish, who are Spanish speaking. So if anybody out there listening to this, is, if you want to come to Raleigh and teach at a really great Montessori school language immersion, come on. I got a job for you right now. But I didn't, you know, and we're going to hire people that are going to come from other people that I've never known. But it's only because, like, I've realized it's about being something, being someone different to create that change. And a couple of you want to share, so I'm going to be quiet now. I, I can definitely agree with what Tom said, Ms. Williams, and I'm going to talk from my own experience um, because I, I was that person. Um, people were... I was that person that I knew where I fell short and I was okay with that because everywhere else I was stellar. And I was like, this is just going to be the one thing that you guys just have to deal with. And that's just it. 
Um, and so there were a lot of conversations that had to be had. And um, going back to when he was talking, there were, you know, there are those people that don't see the work behind the scenes. And so that was something that I had to, I don't want to say use as defense, but I did. So when I was in a meeting with one of them and they're just like, you're just this person and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, whoa. Um, and I was like, these are the things that I do behind the scenes, but because you and I don't interact on a regular basis, you're not going to know that. And, you know, I was lucky to have, um, support that they were like, yeah, like you're, you're, it's like, they always found that one time that I slipped, like they were always there all the other times I was 99% on top of it. And then there was like that one time that I fell off and that's when that person was there and they would just be like, Oh, she's doing da 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 da. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I was getting discouraged cause I was like, I'm doing all of this other stuff. And then they're just really focused on this one thing. And so, um, that's why I jumped in really, this is probably the biggest leap of faith I've ever done. Like I I'm, feel like I'm pretty consistent with Tom's book clubs now um jump in on every single one but it's there's just so much that I gain from it and it leads to better conversations when I go back and I think that if I didn't have a relationship with the people who are there to support me that would make these conversations a lot harder if they were just like this is what it is you haven't fixed it you got to go you know and I don't know exactly the situations that you're going through. It sounds like you and I are going through a lot of similar stuff. So I'm so serious. Please take my email from the chat and send me a message. Um, and it, it's just, it's one of those things where we do, we have to combat it. We absolutely do. But it, it's hard to combat it. And this was my thing. They would tell me, this is what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And that would be it. But yeah. until I was really like, okay. And then they were like, they would bring it to me, but then they were like, okay, but this is how what you're doing is affecting X, Y, and Z. I went, cause I was working by myself. So I was just like, I'm only affecting me. Like I'm just interrupting what I can do. And that was it. But then it was, you know, people it was affecting the way that people were seeing me. And they were like, oh yeah, I know I can go to her. I know like if I say I need X, Y, Z, like she's going to absolutely do it. But I mean, for a terrible example, they're like, but like, if, you know, I lost my cat, I'm not going to talk to her about it because that was just the, the persona that I had. I was like, listen, I'm here for the kids. This is what we're here for. If you want to be friends, I'm not here to make friends. Like I'm here to do this. And so one of the things I've been learning through these book clubs with Tom is, is being able to balance that, but I wouldn't be able to do that unless first it started with the disc profile. That was a huge thing. And then, um, doing the, like he said, the change my world thing. Yeah. My biggest thing I need to work on is forgiveness. I don't forgive people very well. Like once you get a certain amount and then after that, I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm good. <laughs> done. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to help because I also don't forgive myself. Like if I mess up, I'm super, I'm like, God, I can't believe I did that. And my, like my supervisor's like, if you don't chill out, like it's okay. Like the world didn't end. We're going to be back on track. It's fine. And so I just think that it's really having that support system, but I completely understand because I have worked with some, um, leadership where there was no faith and it's very hard I was that person that was like always given 110 percent but the second people that were above me they were just kind of like no well I don't really know anymore I'm just kind of like listen I cannot give you 110 percent if you're not giving 110 percent because what you do affects me and now what I'm doing is affecting everything else so we've got to figure out what's going on here and so I think if you, whoever these people who are challenging, I think if it's one important to remind yourself things that they do do well and that things that they need. And I think that that's the starting point. I think you pick something that they might be okay with like, yeah, I can understand your point. I'll work on that. 
and and do that like I pick book club because it's accountability I'm terrible at accountability I know I put in the Facebook group that I was going to make sure I read my chapter today it didn't happen like I'm terrible with it but I do read it it just but you're after here. the fact I'm here. I may not have read chapters four through six. So when Tom's okay. like on this page, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. So, <laughs> but um, it's one of those things that's like bits and pieces. I can show up every day. Cool. I'm good. You know, then we'll get to, I'll make sure I read the chapters before book club actually happens so I can actually give more to the conversation. But really, just remember that even. And I do it all the time where I'm just like, oh my God, this is the thing that's not going right. But now when somebody brings something to me, I literally will just look at them. And I'm like, but what, how are you helping it? Like, I understand you're bringing it to me now. Are you asking me to like help you with it? Or do you have like a solution and you just need support? Um, and I think that that's a big thing. A lot of people are so used to just being like, I want you to fix this for me. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. That's not a, I, that's not a me fix. Um, and so just remember that there are positives that they are doing. and it's really, it go. it really goes back to that culture part, you know, it, what is it that the vision is? What is the culture of your school? At the end of the day, if the person is doing more harm than good, you have to have that conversation, especially if they're not willing to change. Um, and it's, it just sounds like everybody's in the same boat. I completely agree. Going back face-to-face is going to be completely different. We were open face-to-face and had virtual. We were hybrid and it just, even with summer camp, like the kids are coming in who are all virtual. They're just like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh, you have no idea. Like our cultural norms, you've got, oh, okay. We've got to wipe the slate clean and like start all the way back over. But, and I, I keep on saying that. And they're looking at me like, what you talking about? Cause I read over the time I read, um, from elements. I just finished it. Um, addressing school lose, um, addressing lo- schooling loss, and they're they're saying the idea is to come in and just bombard the kids with all the things that they're they're going to need. I'm like, do you understand what the pandemic did to a lot of people, adults? Just imagine what it did to the kids, you know. And the reality is, we know this. We know some kids went without eating. We know some kids are in a house where their safe haven was school and it's dangerous living under mom and dad because of the situation that they're coming to. So them coming back, it's not about bombarding them and then making them test. We know testing is going to happen, but at the same time, allowing them to navigate through it and building this place up to be a safe place for them. And that's so, so important that they know, you know what? outside of this house there's other safe things and school is one of it and it it's and i say this because there was one young lady who came in it was the last day of school she cussed everybody out when i say she cussed everybody out cussed everybody out and i'm there leaning back just smiling and i'm like i'll miss you too and i know it's hard you know but guess what the building is still open if you just want to come in and sit down and I just saw her just fall apart because that's really all she needed. But I don't think everybody got that because all I heard was like, she just come in and have a bad attitude. She just, I don't know why she's here. And this, this child hears this, even though she's a young adult. And here it is me, me looking at her. I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Home was not safe for you here. You came here every single day when you didn't have to. And we were going through a pandemic and, and that's the biggest thing. But, the the hardest thing for me right now and this is what's giving me the most anxiety is when we go to this retreat how do i address and how do i make them see this big vision of when we come back it's not just academics yes academics is there but we have to focus on the fact that we're wiping this slate clean like you just said and we're starting back and it's not like oh this is just the week where we're going to no it is a whole month and a half that we're going to be focusing on just these students to get them acclimated back into school and creating a culture because the culture is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what, what you do is you, you scrap any of the um, initiatives, right. That are around processes and doing things. And you only focus on the initiatives that are around relationship 
and connecting with people. Because what I believe you'll find is the more time and energy that you spend on relationships than on the back end, the initiatives will just happen. Mm -hmm. right? But they won't happen if you only focus your time and attention on the initiative on the doing, right? So this, I think chapter six is a really great example of that. Um, you know, if you haven't had a chance, you know, read it, but, but there's, it's about not, you know, what John had realized is it's not how fast I can reach the goal, right? So don't let your teachers or your team say, how quickly can we catch kids up? Right. Answer the question, how far can we take them? Yeah. What do we need to do? Mm -hmm. It right. sound Miss Williams, have you guys ever done a um a Padea seminar? No. I don't even know what that is. Oh, I think that that right there would be crucial for you guys. Um Padea is one of the it it's one of our staples at our school, our charter school here. Can and you write that in the chat? <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And that'll be yeah. a great, you know, conversation for the two of you, right? Right. Up and talk about a, a, but you know, like anything will work, right? Right. Anything that's around relation, small groups. I mean, a today's seminar isn't much, you know, uh, different from what you know we're just talking about, right? And everybody's education plan will work. Everybody, everybody's plan is going to work, but the core foundation of your plan is going to be relationships. It's going to be people. So you know, remember, your people are your variable. Kids mm -hmm. are the constant. The adults are the variable take care of the adults. Um, so that's, that's where I want to end, right? Is just really okay. thinking through away from doing more about, you know, being, and um, just a reminder, you can't change anybody. Right. So don't try. I'm not going to try to change you. However, hopefully, you know, I love you. And I'm going to tell you when you do this, this is the impact on the organization, or this is the impact on the team, or it makes me feel like you don't care, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. You just tell them, right? This is how it makes me feel when you do this, and as a result, this is the impact. You may not realize that that's happening, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think a lot of people don't realize that they're the gruffy, you know, cancerous person at times, but that's okay. You can't change them, but you can point out in a nice way what they do. And um, if they want to be, if, if they want to grow into somebody different, I'm here for you. I'm just letting you know, you can't do that anymore. The only way we're going to be able to move forward is if we put some things in our rearview mirror. If we start asking ourselves, what role do I have in this problem? And we start getting really clear on who, how it is that I want to be remembered. Right. And so one exercise that I've done in the past that I feel has worked is asking people who was the teacher that connected with you the most? Who was the teacher who who no matter what they asked you to do, you would do it? I can't I've never met someone who didn't have that teacher. Write down all of the things that you remember about that person. And then I want you to give yourself a star next to every area, right? Or rate or do a Likert scale, whatever you want to do. Where are you? Do you want to be that person who's remembered that way? Or do you want to be someone who's remembered as something different, right? Because everybody also has that other teacher. <laughs> they have the teacher that they, they could do without. And they have the teacher that they would like run through a wall for. And I would, I, would, I would hold the image of the person that they would run through a wall through. And I would hold them to that. You told me you wanted to be, you know, a difference maker in the lives, right? Through connecting with people and building relationships. However, I see you, you know, putting worksheets in front of kids and letting them off the hook. Or, I mean, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Right? You just explain what their, uh, their behavior, that's not what you agree to. But you got to have some agreed upon values first before you can have that accountability conversation. So that's what ch chapters five and six were all about, to make sure you experience the values of values and to start really, you know, uh, thinking, uh, you know, what are my values and how well am I adhering to who I aim to be? 
and um, not how fast will it take me to be a better value-oriented person, how far can I go through my values, okay? That's what we're gonna work at. Uh, this week, I'm gonna send you the link. If you haven't done it already, you can go to Change Your World and start to like download the round table information and you yourselves can be trained to be a facilitator. Um, I'm gonna send it out this week. So next week, we'll go 30 minutes longer. We'll go to you know, 8.30 or longer. Um, and we'll, we'll actually practice one of the round tables. We'll, we'll you know, uh, start those steps, okay? So as um, soon as I get off this lake, so I can get back to my own family and my own values that I'm trying to be better at, um, I'll get all that in your hands. Uh, so next week, if you're able to, uh, you know, plan to stay about, you know, you know, 30 minutes, you know, 15 or 30 minutes longer, um, so we can have those values conversations. Okay, everybody. All right, love you all. Great job. Um, thanks for coming to the session. I think it's more important to come to the session than it is to read the book, because you can read the book at any time. You can't always talk uh, community, right? So, all right, take care of yourselves and each other. Love you all. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.